This episode of Half Measures is brought to you by Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Hi, I'm John Champion, co-host of Mission Log. While Daniel and Paul are doing a bang-up job covering the wide world of pop culture, we're talking Star Trek, one episode at a time, over at Mission Log, looking for morals, meanings, and messages. In fact, there are a whole lot of other shows at podcast.roddenberry.com for you to choose from science, feminism, even daily news, and all stops in between. Boldly go and find us. When you're done here, of course. Again, that address is podcast.roddenberry.com, and we will be delighted to have you trek us out. Welcome back to another episode of the Half Missions Podcast. I'm joined today, as usual, by my co-host, Paul Kanawa. How are you going, Paul? Pretty good, Dan. Yourself? Look, I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, look, I think there's a, there's a couple of things we probably need to talk about before we jump into today's episode. Um, I guess, uh, first of all, it's a, it's, a, it's a tragic time in the world. Um, and I think, you know, we, we don't necessarily have the, the, the largest platform here. Um, but I think, you know, such an important time for, I think, people to educate themselves, do some research, figure out how they can, how they can support um, this, the, the Black Lives Matters movement. It's a, it's, it's a dark time for humanity. It really, it really is. And um, I think it's important that we recognise, you know, what's happened since we last, you know, since we last recorded the podcast, which was the 22nd of May, just, I feel like there's, the world is just feels so much different. I mean, We've seen the best of humanity in terms of that journey up into space again. That was just, you know, the best of humanity. And then we see the worst. And the worst is just what's dominated everything. And people, like you say, all over the place, just trying to work out how can they make a difference? How can they get involved? How can they, you know, everyone's, it feels like most people were empathising with the situation. But the behaviours that have followed from some of the law enforcement and you know it's just been shocking the president mm, I mm. mean yeah mm. yeah look it's uh it's not a good time I think you know 2020 as a as a as a year like what's next like aliens meteorite honestly I think yeah, vampires it feels like the Australian fires the rush fires feels like a years ago but it was actually earlier this year right i mean so much since then look you think about like just this year alone obviously bushfires uh covid started last year but you know really had its peak this year we had kobe bryant um died in a helicopter crash this year um just the what's going on in america and i think yeah there is the good thing so i think as you say like the um the the space shuttle launch, and I think what what is what I've actually thought is good about what's happened in America is actually seeing how the world kind of feels more connected, and mm-hmm. it's almost like it's like when people rally around a cause now, it's not just a it's not a small voice, it's 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 the world responding to when they see something isn't right. That's exactly right, and I think you framed it nicely talking about that connection because the world has felt 
I think, a little bit more connected through the, the coronavirus. You know, we've all felt mm-hmm. like we've been all going through something, and now that sort of connection with with what's happened in the states. I mean, talk about a week of shame for the United States of America. It's it's been really. I think, as you say, it's been good to see how much the world has responded. You know, we've had all 50 states protesting and there's been over, I think, was it the last time I checked, 21 countries have all, you know, had peaceful protests and sort of have been doing things actively. It's become the topic of every news story. It's, you know, at a time when everything was all about the coronavirus worldwide, you now almost have to go looking for those news stories because this has just overshadowed it and, and rightly mm. so. Mm. Look, and I think there's um, there's one there's one other thing we probably need to address. Um, there was no half measures episode last week, Paul. That's correct. There was uh, there's the you know we were a fortnightly podcast that suddenly went weekly because we were in lockdown, and then we came out of lockdown and we went back to fortnightly all of a sudden. What happened? Yeah, look, I don't know. Um, look, we we both had we had busy schedules last week. Um, I was heading away for the weekend. Um, but I, I'll tell you what, Paul, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel right not having a half measures conversation. Um, like, how else am I going to get my weekly dose of Star Trek insights and Fast and the Furious quips? That's right. It didn't feel right. And it felt weird on the weekend not seeing, you know, any any social media posts go out about the new podcast. And I imagine that the listeners out there were feeling the same, right? Look, all seven of our listeners have reached out to us. <laughs> I cry, I cry across the galaxy um, for more content. So, look, we're back. We, we haven't really decided this, but I think we're going to try try and try and keep the weekly flow as much as possible. I think so, as much as possible. Yeah, we may, as much as possible. We haven't, we haven't updated the bio yet. The bio still says we're a fortnightly-ish podcast, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see we're, how much we invest in that. We're, we're a low commitment. But um, I think, yeah, there's definitely going to be times when we can't do it every week, but we're going to try our best to do um, a weekly conversation uh, where we can. Um, yeah, look, as as tradition dictates on this podcast, you know, let's let's start with, you know, it's been two weeks, Paul. What, what have you been watching? Okay, so there's been a, a couple of things I've been watching, uh, a couple of movies. Um, one I'm not going to dive into, that I'll mention is Bad Neighbours. Uh, this is a comedy with Seth Rogen, Zac Efron. Um, just, look, it is what it is. We watched it. We laughed. But there wasn't a lot left over to talk about afterwards. But, yeah, if you're looking for a really uh, easy laugh, uh, you probably can't go wrong with Bad Neighbours. And as as parents with, with, with kids, you know, sort of heading into, shall we say, you know, in that forties range, you know, it's sort of we we, we were sort of on the. Uh, your, your kids are hitting into their forties, or you're hitting into your forties. <laughs> nicely done, nicely done. No, it was uh, it was kind of nice to be able to relate to some of the things in that movie. Anyway, I'm not I'm not going to talk about that one too much because I want to jump into uh, the other movie which I watched. Oh, Dan. Um, there is actually a Bad Neighbors too as well. I don't know if you're aware of this. Yes, I have seen it, and I imagine at some point. We'll we'll dive into that when we feel the need, but uh, it's look, it, it's okay, it's okay. It, I've seen it too. It's you know not something that you would maybe rush out to a movie theater to watch, but it's a great, just you know popcorn movie 
It's got yeah. a, it's got a few cheap laughs, and sometimes that's what you need. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, but the, yeah, the one that I want to dive into a little bit, and I'm interested to hear if you've watched it, uh, is a movie called uh, Logan Lucky. Have you seen? Never heard of it. See. I saw the trailer for this a long time ago and I thought that looks quite funny, but then I never actually saw it get released and I never heard much about it. And it was just simply through flicking through what was available you know, to watch on, on Netflix, what was available to watch on, on Neon and, and so on and so forth here in New Zealand on the various platforms that we currently have. And I was like, oh yeah, we never watched this movie. So this is a movie. Um, is it the Dan- Daniel Craig? Yes. He... Daniel right. Craig, oh, okay. Channing, Channing Tatum and Adam Driver and honestly what appeals to me about this is just it feels like sometimes the casting directors there's like a bingo tombola of actors and they stick their hand in and whatever comes out they just go with because if you were to say to me Daniel Craig, Adam Driver and Channing Tatum I'm like I'm thinking I I just don't see how those three go together and in the context of this movie they really really do so this just really quickly this without too much spoilers is around a movie where uh, a couple of brothers, played by um, Adam Driver and Channing Tatum, who you could describe as, you could sort of say they may, might be labelled as simpletons. Um, they they come up with an elaborate scheme to rob a NASCAR race circuit in North Carolina, and uh, you know how they can evade the authorities. So they're they're down in their luck, uh, they're needing some money, and they figured out a scheme. And it's directed by uh, Steven Soderbergh, who's who's sort of you know really the perfect director for that kind of thing with the the Oceans trilogy that he did. He's he's all about that heists, um, but he takes this this comedy angle to this movie, and it's really so satisfying to watch. It was so enjoyable, and it's so well written. And I, I did some you know a little bit of research as we always do to see oh who wrote this movie, and the person who wrote it. Has only written. This is their first time writing, and it's actually Steven Soderbergh's wife, um, Jules Asner, um, and she didn't even try and take the credit for it. For some reason, she wrote it under a pseudonym of Rebecca Blunt or something. She created this whole identity, but it got revealed that it was, and it's absolutely superb. She's done an amazing job. So funny, um, and yeah, there are there are just moments where you're just watching Daniel Craig and Adam Driver doing things, and you're just like. They're so far away from James Bond and Kylo Ren. It's just the two of them together are hilarious. And with Channing Tatum in the mix as well. It's, uh, I don't want to spoil it. I just want to say go watch it. It's just it, it's trending really high in the ratings, and I, I can see why. That movie, it's, quite, it's a few years old now, isn't it? Yeah, so 2017, so it's three years old, yeah. Right, right, no, awesome. That's I actually I I misheard you when you first said it. I thought you said something completely different to what you said. Okay. Um, I I feel like I thought you said like Chucky Taylor or something. Amazing. <laughs> and I'm like I've never heard of it, never heard of it. But yeah, no, look, it, it's a movie that I have kind of had on my, on my watch list for a while. So yeah, I might I might have to bump that up. Yeah, definitely, definitely recommend. And um, what was funny about it was that we didn't actually intend to watch it. We we were trying to watch uh, a movie called The Gentleman, the Guy Ritchie movie, The Gentleman. We were trying to purchase this movie on the platform here, Lightbox in New Zealand, and it just would not work. And I just got so frustrated with it. And I mean, really frustrated, like I was ready to throw the whole thing out the window. And um, I was just like, let's see what else we can find. And so it just felt like 
was it was meant to be because this movie go watch it go watch it um so i've also started snowpiercer um so the tv series on netflix so we've talked about snowpiercer a few times now the movie here in the podcast um tv series we're only two episodes in so um all I'll say at this point is it's a strong start, but we might want to jump into it after we've watched a few more episodes. Have you started that one? Are you interested in that one? Um, no, like so, it kind of caught me by surprise, to be honest. Um, and having, like we mentioned on the podcast a couple of episodes ago, I've only just watched Snowpiercer, and so I didn't, I don't quite feel ready to watch a TV show. Like, and I'm, I watched the trailer for it, and it looked like a a kind of a similar premise and it kind of just I felt like I needed a bit of time mm-hmm. um so I thought I'll probably wait till there's more episodes out and then maybe jump in and have a look yeah look I think that's fair enough because you're absolutely right the premise is exactly the same um there's some really good casting in there um our friend Stephen Ogg from The Walking Dead is back uh, he's good in it uh Jennifer Connelly uh David Diggs as the as the lead is really strong it's it's got a it's got a really good feel and a really good uh, production quality to it. So, um, yeah, I'll probably come back and think about this again once I've seen a few few more episodes. Um, the other big watch for me since we last recorded has been Killing Eve Season 3. So we've watched the whole, the whole season of Killing Eve. Um, and look, once again, really great characters played by... Some really good actors and actresses, uh, in particular uh, Sandra Oh as Eve. Um, Jodie Jodie Comer is hilarious as Villanelle. Uh, Jodie Comer, who's now also known in the universe as as Ray Ray Skywalker's mother, uh, that was a bit of a shock in, in Rise of Skywalker. Um, but my personal favourite in the show is uh, Fiona Shaw, who's perhaps best known as Aunt Petunia in the Harry Potter movie series. Um, she plays a character called Carolyn and she's just absolutely hilarious. Um, always good value. And look, this is season three. There are some really funny moments, great music, great production days. But there's something about this season that isn't quite there. Uh, I don't know what it is. Um, the writing didn't seem quite as strong as the previous two seasons. I spoke to someone else who'd started watching the first two episodes and said that they'd, they'd already dropped out. And this is someone who's seen the first two seasons. So, uh, you know, that's kind of interesting that they sort of thought it wasn't quite up, quite up there. And look, I don't want to do what I did when I talked about Run. Um, but once again, it appears that Phoebe Waller-Bridge is involved. She's, but she's an executive producer again, so she's not a key writer. And so I don't know, maybe that's where the, the quality has gone a little. Um, it's interesting. It's kind of like when J.J. Abrams come in and he starts up a show and then he leaves. And whilst that show may stay strong, there's something that's kind of missing. I'm not sure. Mm, interesting, interesting. It's a, I've never actually watched Killing Eve, but it's a show that I quite often think, should I be watching it? But maybe I might just wait to see how this season plays out. Because I, I have heard positive things about the first couple of seasons. Oh, look, the first season was really strong and it, that made it not just into my top 10, but really high up in my top 10 as a, as a show in 2018. Um, but yeah, I don't, you won't be seeing season three in my top 10. It's just something that's not quite there. Um, and I think there's, there's two more things I want to talk about really, really quickly. Uh, the Blacklist. Um, I know I've been talking about how this season seven has been really, really strong. We've got to the finale and I'm not going to, 
talk about any any spoilers uh, for anyone who's watching it out there. So I'm not going to talk about characters or story, but spoiler alert, you may want to fast forward just 60 seconds if you don't want to hear what I'm about to say about production. They did something really extraordinary with uh, the finale of Blacklist, which I thought was just really brave and I thought worked really well. And basically they found themselves as the rest of the world in uh, coronavirus lockdown and they were unable to finish the, the series, just like we've experienced with The Walking Dead and, and many other shows. But instead of just leaving it there, what they decided to do was to get everyone across the internet to do voiceover recordings of their characters. And then they put in uh, animated um, scenes of what would have played out. And they intermingled this throughout the uh, the episode. So, so and, it, and what, what's really strong about it is it cuts out after about three minutes and it cuts to the cast all talking about how they're at home and how they're feeling and what they wanted to do for the show. And it's, it's just, it catches you off guard when you're watching your favourite show and then all of a sudden the actors are there saying, hey, we're all at home because of the coronavirus and you're like, what is going on here? And then it just plays out. And I just thought it was something that was really, really unique and it hasn't been tried before. That's really awesome. It's uh, it's awesome, and it's. I wonder whether we'll see more of that with a couple of shows, because um, I imagine they're probably not the only mm-hmm. ones thinking about how they can um, bring in the 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 real world experience that everyone's been going through. So, and I, I think it's it's been a really kind of like humbling experience because you, you know there's lots of YouTube videos of different casts getting together and and talking, and it's kind of it's cool to see these actors as real people. And again, it's one of those things which, you know, is terrible in the amount of loss that COVID has had. It has still, like, it's united a bunch of people and we've all had a common and shared experience. Yeah, absolutely. So um, even if you're not a Blacklist watcher, if you ever sort of fancy seeing how that played out, it's yeah, the, the final episode of season seven, really good. And then the final show for me that we've been watching uh, is Space Force. So we talked about this uh in one of our podcasts, looking forward to this show coming on board. We're about halfway through the first season. How about yourself? What are you? Yeah, so we have watched about five episodes, um, yeah. or maybe four, four, four or five episodes. Yeah, we're about the same. Okay. I think it's um, it's probably going to be worth talking about it again once we've both finished mm-hmm. the show. I feel like you know, when we first talked about Space Force, that there would be I think uh, people would probably expect the office set in space, yeah. and it's and it's obviously very much not that. And I feel like a lot of the reviews and feedback that I'm seeing around it are negative because that's what people were expecting. But this is a very different, yeah. very different show. Yeah. Oh. Almost, almost, I find it more of a a satire on what's going on in America. And from that point of view, I find it quite funny, but I. I wouldn't say I'm hooked in yet, but I'm interested. Yeah, I, I would. I would say I'm, I'm hooked in enough because I love the idea of of you know space space travel and all of that sort of stuff, and and I love the as you said the satire of what's going on in the Trump administration, uh, at least in terms of you know this this stupidity of approach to, to so many projects and things. So um, that's been good. I think with Greg Daniels and Steve Carell. 
at the helm of the show. There are elements of the office humour that come through, but it certainly doesn't lean too hard into that. As you say, it's a very different show. Um, it's a lot more adult than The Office as well, you know, in, in terms of the swears and, and all that kind of thing. It's definitely a lot more adult than that. Aspect. I enjoy the swears. I think <laughs> where they um, might have kind of muddied the waters a little bit is um, there's one particular episode with a... Uh, a chimp that's in space and I feel like that goes to a whole nother absurd, sort of absurd sort of extreme that's kind of like it's a different type of humor and yeah. I feel like it's I think it's it's finding its way and I think it's I think it's going to be one of those shows that probably actually needs a couple of seasons to really kind of like determine what it is and what vibe they're going through and they're, they're probably trying a few different things and so I I really do hope that they get to do a few seasons so that it becomes one of those shows that oh yeah, Space Force is so good. There's three, there's three really good seasons of that out. Um, but yeah, look, I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see where it goes. And look, I think the cast again has been fantastic. Um, Fred Willard was superb, and I look, I didn't even realise he had Parkinson's. I didn't, I didn't realise until I watched this that he had Parkinson's. So that was interesting, and his character was great. John Malkovich, I think, is superb, um, and. Uh, yeah, there's enough there for me to want to keep going. But yeah, you're right about the chimp episode being something a little bit different. Um, although I did like the way that episode ended when he sort of turns and he goes, that chimp better keep its mouth shut, you know, when it gets taken. It's, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was good. Um, other than that, Transformers, Seinfeld and Community have all been carrying on and I'm enjoying all three of them. But I feel like I've talked quite a bit about what I've been watching and I want to hand the talking stick to you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, that's look. This is what happens when there's a, a two weeks between episodes. There's there's lots that have happened. Um, so for me, um, I've been watching um, Homeland. Uh, obviously, I've finished Homeland now, and I think mm. we'll dive into that um shortly. I guess so. I'll just sort of backtrack a little bit. And so I've watched I've watched one movie, and it was it was actually it was one of those times when I was kind of up early. Um, and I was, I was like, oh, I feel like watching something. And I just, I randomly found this movie called Mid Mid Nineties, and it's a, it's a movie on. It was actually on Neon, and it's a movie basically. I, I didn't really know what I was in for, but it kind of looked interesting. Um, to be honest with you, I enjoyed it. I, I don't necessarily recommend it, but I enjoyed it for what for what it was. So it's a film. Set in the set in the nineties about this young kid. Um, it's it's a movie directed by by Jonah Hill and and written by Jonah Hill. And what mm-hmm. I really enjoyed about it is obviously this one. I grew up in the nineties, um, sort of teenage years. It, there's a lot of great callbacks to it. It's kind of about the the skateboarding culture um, mm-hmm. in America. And look, it, it, it was a fun watch. Um, it was one of those films which I feel like I probably would have watched it on on an aeroplane like because it's just yeah. like a random thing you might have come across or it's a film I could imagine you might even watch in like an English class and then kind of like dissect it and kind of talk about it because it was kind of it was had some serious elements it had some like had some good laughs um it was kind of some good throwback stuff mid 90s if it if that appeals to you check it out um I enjoyed it. I don't necessarily look like it's not an all-time favourite movie or anything, but a fun enough watch. I'm, I'm really interested in um, Jonah Hill. I've 
enjoyed him on screen. So I'd be really interested to see how he goes as a writer director. And of course, you know, mid nineties teenager, there's a lot there that I would enjoy watching too. So um, yeah, just looking at what I can see of it online, it looks looks really intriguing. And, and I, I guess the the one um, writer I put around it is, I thought kind of going into it like Jonah Hill, it's probably going to be almost like a bad neighbors type humor, but it's mm-hmm. it's not that. It's it, it's very much a this is real. This is what it was like growing up in the nineties, and uh, a largely a cast of kind of first time actors, um, but some really great acting as well. So nice. it's, it's a fun watch. It's a fun watch. Um, I've been watching, obviously, Space Force that we've just been talking about, mm-hmm. and another show that I've actually just finished, and this was what we like to call, obviously, the, the palate cleanser, as we've been looking for what is our next show now that we've finished Homeland. And I had a recommendation to watch a show called Black AF, hashtag Black AF, which is on Netflix. And it is a show which I loved it. I loved it. It's It's only eight episodes. Um, it is a show basically about uh, like a, a a pretty wealthy um, black family in America, and it's 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 created by um, Kenya Barris, who who actually made the TV show Blackish, and and the, it's one of those TV shows which kind of reminds me it's a little bit Office like, it's a little bit um, Modern Family, where the whole premise is the the daughter is doing a project for um, film studies. And so her, her dad basically throws a whole camera crew and everything around it and just kind of like follows follows the whole family. And they're, they're just so ridiculously rich and just how they how they kind of like fit in to society and some of the, the challenges they still face. It's got um, a favourite, uh, Rosinda Jones, obviously from uh, – she was great in Parks and Recreation, obviously in the office as well. Uh, just a yeah, – yeah. A really fun watch, and I think um, looking at the, it didn't actually score that great on the reviews. Like even on IMDb, it got like a six point seven, but I enjoyed it. And I think what it maybe made me appreciate something different about it, having just watched it this week, is they actually talk a lot in this TV show about being black in America and. Um, basically slavery and the um, systematic, systematic racism and some quite heavy topics, but it's brought to life through, I guess, family and a little bit of comedy. Not that those things are funny, but mm. the, the way they kind of educate and inform people. And it's, look, I really enjoyed it. We watched it over two nights, each episode, like 30, 40 minutes. Um, I got a lot out of it. It's a fun show. Nice. Well, yeah, it looks like there's some really good casting in that as well. Um, as you said, Rashida Jones is always awesome. Uh, Kenya Barris, he's written some really funny stuff and some really good stuff. And I think the most recent thing I saw that he did was, was Shaft, and that was, you know, pretty good too. Um, yeah, I think that's... I, um, I, I love it too when they're, they're referencing Kenya, like, so Kenya Barris almost kind of like... he. He kind of it's like he's playing himself because it's all of those things that he's made are, are referenced. He, um, his role in the family. He's obviously a a writer, producer, um, director, and so it, it's kind of a almost a great advertising for some of those other other things that he's he's got out there in the world as well. So look, it's a 
Look, it's a it's a relatively easy watch. It's a fun watch. You you might get some laughs out of it. So, if you're looking for, it's only one season out at the moment. Hopefully, they mm-hmm. do another season. So, look, it's easy to polish off in a night or two. And where, where yeah. am I watching this? Where am I watching this? Netflix. Okay. Netflix. So yeah, and then so obviously Homeland we finished that, and that's left a, a really big gap in our lives. But I'll sort of save our our deeper dive um, for that for just a moment. Um, so I guess you know the other thing to talk about, Paul, was any any news that we've been uh, spotting around the place. The uh, the one the one that's sort of on my mind is, and this is really New Zealand based news though, is there's there's a, a merging of two of our platforms. So we have obviously. Um, Netflix is sort of our probably the the main platform here in New Zealand, but we've got two other platforms, one called Lightbox, one called Neon, and they're merging into one platform, which I think is is interesting. They're both individually as platforms. They're kind of okay together. Hopefully, they'll be a bit more of a powerhouse. I'm really hoping, uh, and I hope you're listening to this, Neon and Lightbox, that you create a better interface because I wouldn't vote for either, either one of them on their own, but I'm hoping this chance to kind of refresh it and because it, it would be good to kind of see a lot more of that HBO, Soho type content yeah. um, combined with movies available on another platform that isn't Netflix. Um, but that's, and that's all happening uh, next month, which is pretty exciting. I, I find it interesting that the same week that I have a really triggering issue using Lightbox that re- results in me nearly throwing things out the window, um, we find that you know they're they're merging with with Neon. So um, you're right; they they really need a new platform. Neither one is really that great. It's it's really hard when you compare everything to Netflix because Netflix just always works well. It always streams well. It never buffers. And I find uh, Lightbox often cuts out. Uh, and I find Neon quite awkward to use. So I'm excited about this news so long as we don't lose any content. Um, like, you know, I, I use Lightbox specifically for my Breaking Bad rewatch um, and a few other shows. But um, look, if they're going to merge it, then surely that means I have only one subscription to pay and not two. So there's got to be some, there's a, there's a bit of a positive there at least. Um, but yeah, it is pretty big news because. Uh, there's only so many streaming options you've got these days. So, uh, yeah, interesting. Mm. Any news that you've spotted around the traps? Nothing nothing lately, or at least not this week. It's kind of weird, like you said before, about doing this two weekly. So sort of news that I thought might have been news 13 days ago doesn't really feel you know that, that newsy now. But the one thing I did here literally uh, in the last 24 hours is that um, and this you know typical to form, goes to Star Wars. Um, there's been so much news about all these people being cast and different roles coming to the big screen. The latest one uh, is Grand Admiral Thrawn, who's being touted as coming to the big screen. So the, I think that's quite significant from the point of view that this is a character in Star Wars that started off in the books in the mid-90s, uh, became a legend when you know when Disney bought, bought Star Wars, and, and now we've seen him come to the screen in Rebels in the animated series. We've seen him come to, to at least three books and then now there's a new trilogy planned. He's really popular with the fans and now they're looking at casting for him in in a TV series. They haven't specified whether that's Mandalorian, whether that's the Cassian series, whether it's something completely different. But the biggest thing for me that is a little bit of a worry that, because I haven't seen it being talked about is Lars Mikkelsen. Laz 
being the brother of Mads Mikkelsen, um, does the voice, Lars Mikkelsen does the voice of Grand Admiral Thrawn in Rebels, and his voice is immaculate. It's one of the greatest voices of all time. He played a villain in Sherlock. I think he's fantastic. And I would hate to think that they recast this character because Lars Mikkelsen is a really capable actor. I don't know if he's not interested, if the schedules don't match up, but I'm worried as to why I haven't heard his name come up. Um, anyone who's wondering who Lars is may have seen him in House of Cards. He played the, the Russian president, uh, Viktor Petro, Petrov, or Petrov. Uh, he was really, really good in, in, in that series as well. So, uh, yeah, that's the one piece I've got news was. Um, I was just wondering whether he surely um... – Grand Admiral Thrawn couldn't show up in The Mandalorian just timeline-wise? Well. Or is that? Okay, all right. I think if if you watch Rebels. um, Oh, God, you're back on my case. All right, I've got to get that back out, actually. Yeah, that's a real passive-aggressive dig at you just to, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, look, fair, fair. Yeah. Could you could okay. you hear me screaming at you when you're like, oh, you know, me and my fiance are trying to work out what show we should watch next? And I'm sitting here going, there's a show right there. It's called Sales Rebels. What's your problem? Get into it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I don't want to say this, but the problem is here. I think this is a this is a solo show. You know, it's not it's okay. not one that I'm uh, I'm joint watching. Anyway, um, so just just quickly before we dive in to uh, Homeland chat. Um, can I just quickly mention two things from the mailbag quickly? Sure. Yeah, go for it. Just really quickly, um, because it was really, really nice for us to get a message uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually, no, um, a tweet from someone whom we don't know uh, by the name of Bruce Gray, who just decided to tweet us and say, hey, he really likes listening. Um, this is a a simple concept that is brilliantly done. That's his words, not mine. So that was great. So if you are still listening, Bruce, who knows, he may have, he may have just came in for one episode, but uh, thank you. Because uh, I think we always thought, didn't we, Dan, at the heart of our show that maybe other people might be interested in the conversations we're having, so why don't we record it and put it on the internet? So getting feedback like that is kind of great, I think. Look, I think that's always been the dream. I think, um, and I don't know if this is the a Kiwi thing, but just sort of like there's always that just amount of self-doubt whether, you know, is anyone actually listening or are we just talking into the abyss? And either way, we're fine with it. That's right. <laughs> That's not either way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But look, Bruce, this episode's for you. Thanks for uh, reaching out. It means a lot to us. And I think if you're, um, look, if you're a new listener or you enjoy it, let us know. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. It really, it really makes our day. So exactly appreciate right. it. And the other one we had, this was flicking across to Instagram. So following on from our last podcast where we talked about our top 10 characters, uh, we had a guy called Ron McGuffin uh, from Canada who messaged us on Instagram regarding... That sounds right up. I, I, I know, right? It's a great, great surname. So if you are listening, Ron McGuffin, greatest surname of all time. Um, it's, it's, it's the uh, George Lucas... Um, Use that phrase quite a lot, didn't they, in the Indiana Jones movies? Um, but yeah, he messaged us regarding Columbo, uh, which was my great choice, which I know you were fully behind Dan as a big Columbo fan. Uh, and he said that he met Peter Falk in 1978 uh, and had a photograph with him. And Peter Falk had a Columbo jacket on at the time of the photo, and he wanted to share that. And I thought that was great as well that he decided to, um, uh, you know, reach out and tell us that. So thank you. Bruce, and thank you, Ron. Awesome, awesome. That's really cool. That's really cool. Good to get those uh, fan stories. So um, today we were going to have a bit of a 
a deeper chat about Homeland. And I guess just to, to recap for the listeners, originally um, when we were talking about Homeland, Paul had just finished watching season eight. Um, I had seen all the way up to about season six and we were having a conversation about uh, my partner. She wanted to go back to season season one because she'd only seen the first two seasons. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Like, because I sort of remember watching it kind of live as it dropped at the time. Um, but I reluctantly kind of caved in. Um, and and you, you mentioned as well, Paul, that you thought it would be a good rewatch. And so I gave it a go. And you were right. She was right. Let it be known on this podcast. That's good. Carved, carved into the internet forever. Um, what an epic ride. I Watching, when I've watched episodes of Homeland, you know, as the seasons came out, I always kind of was like, oh, I feel like I should know who that character is or that name should mean something to me. And I didn't really, I was just like, but I probably should go back and look, but I'm not, I'm not going to. Um, whereas watching it as a, basically, you know, all eight seasons in almost probably three weeks, maybe, maybe four weeks. Incredible. That is a lot of TV. And that show is, there's there's a couple of seasons and a couple of things which get wobbly, but in general, what a well put together package. Um, think just the all of those characters there's there's references throughout every season to things that happen in other seasons um and i I just really really enjoyed it and the first couple of seasons of homeland are probably some of the best tv like i would put it up there with with breaking bad the the better cool soul the they're so solid and watching it in a in you know, three or four episodes at a time, so rewarding, so enjoyable. And it would, it became such a feature of our evening where we couldn't wait to finish work, put on, you know, three or four episodes, more than that sometimes. And just knowing we had so many more episodes to go was so great. And now that we've finished it, um, I we have this, and it happens all the time when you've finished a great show and a and a show with lots of seasons, we have this emptiness in our lives, and it's like we've lost these characters which we've loved and hated and been frustrated at, and um, and, and they're not in our lives anymore. And then because the, the show's kind of wrapped up and done, um, it's, yeah, we, we're desperately looking for something new, which is why we ended up going to, um, I think, Black AF, because we needed something just to reset ourselves, and now we're, we're on the hunt. Um but yeah, look, Paul, such a great recommendation. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like that was an acceptance speech. It was so well, so well um, articulated. Look, we've mentioned this a few times, and I'm really grateful for the opportunity to talk about it again because it is one of my top ten shows of all time. And I'm so pleased that because it's a big investment in time, uh, I'm so pleased that it paid off. Because if you'd come out of this after eight seasons and been like. I don't even know why I do a podcast with you, Paul. Your recommendations are terrible. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that I got right. Cause, uh, you're, you're all Columbo and Star Trek, you know. I know, right? <laughs> give, give me something you can work with. So um, it's interesting, you know, when you, cause when we said we'd do a deep dive into Homeland, it became apparent to me that I hadn't seen, because I watched this week by week for each season. Um, and so, so some of it is just 
sort of morphed into one big homeland thing. But the thing I've always stuck by is that each season's got better than the last other than season three. And I've been looking on a few different sites, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, and it seems like what you've just said, actually, it feels like maybe I've just overestimated some of the the middle seasons because season one and two scores so highly um, across the board. And this is when it cleaned up at the Emmys. It was winning all the awards. It was when uh, President and actually in office, President Obama at the time uh, said this is his favourite TV show. Uh, it got so much, so much media attention that those episodes for those first two seasons were such a wild ride, as I think you described it. Um, and, you know, we talked about Damien Lewis, Nicholas Brody, his character going out of the series, but um, no matter what they've been dealing with, with whatever season, it's just always been the highest quality type of television. It's almost quite a hard series to talk about um, without kind of just jumping around into all these sort of different pockets of it for me. Um, and I just feel like there's like the the Brody story um, so so strong and so good. And I know that that story um, both frustrated people and and excited them when when um, Brody did and didn't do things at the end of the first season and at mm-hmm. um and, and when eventually his um, his character was was killed off and but I think what the show this is where the show I think really stood on its own own two legs because I think it was like this this is bigger than just single characters this is about um, the security of of America and it's about the it's almost about it's about spies it's about how the CIA works it's about how intelligence agencies work across different countries and I think by when they took away Damien Lewis I actually think that's when I think then there were always stars I, I, I sort of feel reluctantly say this like it even escalated I think Claire Danes and um, Andy Paddock and, and even uh, Rupert Friend, like just to such a, a higher status in the show because mm. they were the the core for me, and and I think I agree with you that season three, because when I think about you know that in the first season they're kind of setting the scene of the of sort of you know of of this re- re- returned um, veteran and then sort of there's the you know knowing that he is kind of a. <sighs> A, a turned soldier in the second season, and then um, season three kind of been sort of the aftermath of that, and it didn't quite have the same the same power and power and energy. But I think I think yeah, it sort of slowed it down, and I think and then in each other season, it kind of what was good about it is they kind of gave it a there was a, there was a new focus to each season, and I liked how all of those kind of stitched together into this really really beautiful package. I think there's moments where. I absolutely kind of hated Carrie Matheson as a character in terms of you're so self-destructive and you're your own worst nightmare, but you're so brilliant and you're playing such this amazing character. Um, and it was sort of this constant sort of turmoil. I hated it when um, Carrie and Sol weren't in sync, and then that, and when they, when they, when they combined their their yin and yang kind of like power, just was like enormous. But then they'd fall out again. It's like no, like you guys need to work together. Um, like man, uh, Samara, absolutely like we're such big like um, Peter Quinn fans. Um, it, and she was, you know, how did she I cope knew. with the how did she cope with the Quinn death? 
Um, well, so uh, kind of in two two stages, like one, um, not believing it when he was first um, poisoned or uh, poisoned uh, yeah. by the, okay. yep. Um, and she's like, oh, he's faking it. It's going to be fine. And just sort of thinking, oh, God. You know, um, but it was okay. But she hated seeing him um, as kind of a, a broken man in in the following season and seeing how um, kind of kind of damaged he was and that but I I really enjoyed that storyline of him too because I think there's the the one thing the show does really well is you're you're taking these real big complex stories but it's really character driven and it's I think I might have said it previously but I what I enjoy most about you know yeah you can have a show about we've got drones over here and we've got all this technology and we can we can hack this and whatever it is but a lot of like at the core of what um homeland is all about is it's cloak and dagger being a spy it's losing the tail it's um doing a double cross it's and those are some of the greatest moments in in homeland and i think it's a it's a show where you might have you know across the 12 episodes of each season the amount of like action or, or sort of gunplay might might only be I don't know, of the 12 hours, 40 minutes of it. But the the tension and the build-up all around it, so good, so good. And I think I really enjoyed that, you know, I think in the long run for me, I almost would have, you know, we're talking obviously season eight spoilers as well. Um, I almost kind of feel like I wished it was, it was Peter Quinn who died in that last season instead of Max. I almost wish that those characters were sort of switched around because I feel like Peter Quinn was just such a great character and mm. that would have almost been a, not a better way to end, but I feel like I, I didn't have the same empathy and love for Max, even though I do love Max as a character. Um, yeah. And I just love that those guys were always there for Carrie and helping her out. But yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. It's the um, situation, either situation, whether I reverse that, I'm not sure. I know what you mean. It's an interesting one because I wonder what drove the, the Peter Quinn death story, whether it was actor related or if it was completely story driven. But yeah, it's it would have been nice to have him all the way through to the end day. Eh? Yeah, look, I did, I did read a little bit about of stuff, and I think that um, Rupert Friend, who, who plays Peter Quinn, he was really happy with the way his character left, like you know, his his story arc came to an end, and. And, and look, you would be like you. You actually get to, for a whole nother season, play out the kind of demise of your character. And I think he died in a truly heroic, Peter Quinn type way, protecting the president, protecting Carrie, and um, exposing a, a deeper threat. I think the the other really interesting thing about it, and it I, it really got me thinking, is in in season eight in particular and season seven i think the russia link was fascinating and i think what i really what it it kind of opened my eyes a little bit to i think how um how another nation can interfere with another country in very subtle ways and it also made me i'm probably going to be on an FBI watch list, um, is it made me actually feel like 
Russia aren't always the bad guys. Do you know what I mean? Like they're so portrayed in media as as the bad guys. And there was moments where obviously that Russia and America always portrayed as quite different approaches to things. But there was moments when I was when you were kind of I felt like I was, I was cheering on Team Russia um, for some of the things that were happening, particularly how they were working with um, Carrie. You're, you're on the watch list. I'm on the watch list. I'm on the watch list. Um, and it, it just it just made me think a lot more around how the the types of actions that can just have small impacts um and actually just causing chaos and causing confusion and creating doubt in people's minds as a way of which is obviously a way to impact elections and you know war doesn't have to be isn't about you know, soldiers necessarily fighting each other or dropping bombs on one another. It can happen in really subtle ways. And the the chaos that Russia brought um, I thought was good. And I think I'm a really big Americans TV show fan. Mm-hmm. And I, it even had some great, I think, just because of the, the characters involved in it. Um, it's just some great linkages. I just really enjoyed it. It was good. There's so, so much about what you said is true, and I wonder how much of real-life events influence the writing of the story, or at least maybe the, the angle at which they approach some of the stories, sort of, um, you know, especially with, with Russia, with Afghanistan. But there's so many standout moments uh, throughout the entire series of eight seasons, whether it was, you know, as you said, the, the war veteran returning, has he been turned, um, being stationed in Afghanistan, uh, living in New York City and Brooklyn, uh, off in Berlin, back again in Afghanistan. Each season had something different and had a different vibe. Um, but what you've said before, and you've you've touched on it a couple of times now, is that core relationship between Saul and Carrie um, holding it together and that ability for her to be simultaneously the worst decision maker in the world and yet the most sort of the most on the money in terms of her instincts and her actions um, and then Saul dealing with the aftermath. Um, do you have a, I'm going to ask you quickly, because you've, you've watched all eight seasons, do you have a standout moment or a standout episode or anything like that? <sighs> Look, I, it's it's all blurred into one big, yeah. big um, homeland um, pie for me. Um Look, I don't think you can go past those, um, you know, in the, when I first watched Homeland, you know, I remember, and I might have said this to you before, is that there's a real, like, is Brody, is he good? Is he bad? Is he good? Is he bad? And it constantly yeah. toyed with you. But I feel like on the rewatch, it was very clear. It was very clear, like, all the way along. And I feel like, oh, I, I, I I feel like some of those moments would probably have to be the standout for me, but I actually think, actually, I think that the biggest standout for me is actually how the show ended, and I think that it's pretty hard to end a TV show and feel happy about it and feel, yep, they've given me the ending I want. But I feel like Homeland's ending was a was a, a masterstroke. And they couldn't have done it in a better way. Um, oh, look, I don't know. There's too many great moments. I, I, I can't even. I can't even think of one particular one. That's, that's really good because I wanted to talk to you about the finale anyway because that's been the thing we haven't been able to talk about. 
Um, I I look back on the whole series and I think um, the the season two moment where they are hunting down uh, Abu, Abu Nazir, um, there's some really high stress tension moments and Homeland was always about the tension and the, the sort of the you know what's going to happen next uh, are we going to lose characters that we love um, and season two really did personify that moment for me but yeah the the finale I said you know I don't know if it was before or two pods ago whenever it was I said you know it's the greatest finale of all time um what they did um spoiler alert for anyone who's listening again you may want to pause because I think we need to dive in a bit but did, did you think at any moment did you think that Carrie was going to kill Saul did you did you even think for a second she might no no I I just thought there's no way. There's there's no way that she would do it. I I feel like I I feel like if I hadn't watched all these seasons back to back, I might have been oh yeah, no. like they've had a up and down relationship. But I I feel like they're kind of got this weird father daughter relationship where there's no. I think Carrie puts country above all else, and I, yeah, I, I just couldn't. I, I there's no way I could, I could see her doing. I think it would have been if she had done that. I also just think there would be such it would have been such an outcry and unhappiness about the way it ended. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, like I I I was worried for him, but I was probably more worried for him in a in a Peter Quinn type sense. Is he going to end up in um, a, a Russian gulag sort of jail somewhere or tortured or whatever? But I never thought that she would be the one to. Um, kill soul, I guess. Okay. Yeah, no. Look, look. I think if you if you enjoy Homeland, if you haven't actually watched the the latest season, I definitely put it on your watch list. It's it's as good as um, you know, watching a Breaking Bad or a, a Better Call Soul at times. There's there's like as you say, I think season three is probably the the weaker of the seasons, but it's still better than a lot of stuff going on. Um, so agreed. Agreed. Also, one just sort of uh, interesting thing, which I didn't realise until the end of season eight, is that um, Hugh Dancy is in Homeland, which yeah. is actually um, Carrie's right. real life husband. That's right. I, 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 I didn't realise that they were together either. That um, his character in that final season really. Just so easy to hate that guy. Just so easy to hate him, which is great because he's played other characters where it's been the opposite. Like when we saw him in Hannibal as Will Graham, he's right. just so so likable. So it's just powerful acting from a, a great actor. Yeah, that's right. And I think such a great pairing to have uh, uh, a new president, an uh, inexperienced president with a um, a consultant with war on the mind. It's such mm-hmm. a like a such a, another great sort of polarity and tension in the show. Yeah, now look, awesome, loved it, go there and watch it. We've talked about Homeland a few times now on a few pods, and I feel like we probably won't because it's off the air now for a while, but I think the one time we'll be talking about the show will be towards the end of the year when we do our, our prestigious uh, Half Measures TV awards, and I know that, um, you know, Claire Danes, Andy Paddigan, there's going to be a few people that we're going to, be in the mix for some awards I feel because this is as good as it gets. It actually it gives it gives me an idea for a future episode actually Paul um, oh. spin-off, spin-offs that we'd like to see because um, I would 
a thousand percent be watching a um a young Saul Berenson in the CIA, um, and you know, it, it would be it'd be great, it'd be great. I'm 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 on board with it, but I'm nervous about casting characters I love. Saul Berenson as that, you know, I feel like I feel like if they were going to do that, I'd want Mandy to come back in and do like maybe like a retrospective voiceover or something. I don't know. Almost like they did with the. Almost like what they did with their young soul in season eight, where they didn't show him talking and it was uh, Mandy's yes. voice. Yeah, yeah. Look, so um, I'm conscious of uh, time. So look, it's been look, it's been great to talk about Homeland. I feel like we could probably, as you say, we'll be talking about it again at the end of the year when we're doing our um, our wrap ups and our, our various awards and things that we do. It's it's been awesome. Good recommendation. I, I I can't say it enough. Go out there and watch. Go and watch it. If you've watched Homeland, let us know what you think. Let us know what your sort of favourite episodes were. Um, Paul, if people want to get hold of us, where might they do that? Well, you can get in touch with us at our website, halfmeasurespodcast.com. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at halfmeasurespod and on Instagram at halfmeasurespodcast. We're also on Facebook and Pinterest if you're that kind of a person. <laughs> I love the Pinterest. Um, and we are in the process of setting up a uh, Discord channel as well. So uh, we thought that it could be another way to, I guess, extend the conversation um, from the episode. If you've got topic ideas, if you want to share any breaking news, um, and we'll put those details in the in the show notes today as well. So oh, look nice. Look, it's been awesome um, catching up again, Paul. Let's not make it two weeks again. And uh, look, stay safe out there. Stay informed. Do some research. Be good. Be good. And, Be good. Uh, Be good. <laughs> good. Good advice. Be kind. Then. Be kind. Be kind. And yeah, you're right. Let's let's not let's not go with the two weekly. It's uh, at least not for a while. Maybe once we get back into working in the office. Five days a week. The time pressures may differ, but at the moment, uh, well, we're still in a bit of a mix. I reckon. Yeah. We'll see if we can be back in seven days, right? Indeed, indeed. All right, guys. Until next time. Adios.